Welcome, welcome, welcome. Numero Diaz, we get this thing. 10th <laughs> episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Elder Nick. It's Minister Harrell. We're back. This is episode Roman numeral X. RIP DMX. We miss you, man. Your yeah, prayers man. and everything else to the Earl Simmons uh, family. But we are definitely here. This is episode 10, uh, Millennial Minute. We're live in this thing. It's, uh, tonight's episode is uh, called Guard Your Gates. Get ready. That's all I can say. Get, Get ready. ready. We, we're just wrapping up Friday Night Fire, so I'm really fired up. I think Elder Nick is fired up after the word he just heard that was preached. And uh, the Holy Ghost is still hot, so I was just going to roll with it. We weren't going to put no ice on it. Listen, so tonight's topic, we're talking about guard your gates. Guard your gates. I'm not even going to start. I want, I want Herrera to start because he's already on fire, and I know for a fact we're going to take it to another level. Absolutely. One of the things that we have to start with and that we have to remember with guarding our gates is we have to be aware of the diet that we have as people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Diet, diet. And see, some of y'all are obsessed with keto. Some of y'all are obsessed with the Atkins diet. Some of y'all are even obsessed with seafood diets. You see food and you eat it. But the, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's a different type of diet that you have to have. You have to have a diet for what you listen to. You have to have a diet for who you allow to be around you. Yeah. You have to have a diet for who you allow to speak into your life. You have to have a diet of what you say to yourself in the words that you use, you you have to be very conscious and aware of the things that you allow yourself to be subjected to or even come into agreement with. That's the reason why with some of you church folks, you get up there and say stuff. I don't say amen because I have to guard my gates to make sure that I don't allow my mind to wrap around the idea of coming into agreement with something I don't agree with. Man, man. Keep going, keep going. No, no, no. But see, that's one of the things that we, we've often done is religion will cause you not to guard your gates. Religion will cause colloquialisms and <laughs> sayings. And if I run around the church two or three times, that means it'll happen. It's almost become of the fact that people have allowed religion to really be witchcraft. It's become superstitions. And if I do a specific action or a certain thing, it's going to trigger something else to happen. The devil is a lie. And even even we have to guard our gates with the things that we post about ourselves. I, I get so irritated with, with you Facebook and Instagram phonies. You type stupid stuff like, oh, this is not who I am. This is my personality on Facebook. Well, this is what you're telling people about who you are. And then you say, well, why do people judge me the way that they do? I, I would judge you too. If all you do is drink all day on Instagram, I would judge you too. If you have guns and money and blunts all in your mouth, and then you're, you're talking about why the man is always pulling you over and the laws be trying to hold me and always trying to search me for something. Yeah, I, if I was a complete jackass on social media and didn't guard my gates either, I, I would expect a certain things to happen to me in life that happen to you. That's not Democrat. That's not Republican. That's not black. That's not white. That's not racism. It's a legitimate thing about you guarding your gates because what you expose to the world, you have no control over once they take control of it. Man, if that was not an intro, I don't know what was. Listen, so the entire time while you was talking, I sat there and I was like, sometimes we got to realize what a gate really is. A gate is not just a barrier, but it's an access point. Mm-hmm. It's a point of where something is either able to enter in or something is either able to leave. Absolutely. The problem is, is that sometimes with our gates... It's not the fact that we allow things in. It's the things that we allow out sometimes. Mm. So when he was talking about whenever uh, you post things on Instagram or post things on Facebook, TikTok or whatever, you're literally allowing people into a space and into a place with you that only certain people should be privy to. So you might be sitting here saying, well, I don't, I don't act like this all day and all night. But then you turn around and you post different things about what are your thought processes are like. You post different things about what the things you really like to look at. You post different things, what you like to consume. You post different things of the things that you say that you like to do. But then the entire time you're wondering, how is it that 
it seems like everything is now curtailed towards the things that I'm desiring versus the things that I need. Not even understanding, putting it from, from this perspective. When I would do good, evil is always present mm-hmm. or present. The evil that's always present sometimes is present by yourself. Absolutely. Because you've allowed it out of your gate and you called it to manifest. Let me give you a real quick lesson. And this is not for you. This is for those who are listening. When we understand that we're not just physical beings, but we're spiritual beings. You said this before. The spirit does not recognize what our thought processes might be, but it literally only activates by a voice and what we speak into it. That's right. So whenever we're speaking something out, we're allowing something out of our gate to be planted into an atmosphere that is conducive for whatever we speak. That's what we'll have. So when you look at scripture, you be wondering why, why does it seem like I can't ever make it to this level? Why can't I ever make it to this point? How is it that I always press this hard, but it seems like I always have such a backlash because the enemy is the person that comes up and says, listen, you said this. I'm going to ensnare you by the words of your own mouth. That's right. I'm going to ensnare you by the very thing. So when you were saying about how is it that the laws of the man always on me, they're always on you because you're ensnared by the very things that you put out. Absolutely. And what people have to, what people fail to realize is too, is that you should treat your life the same way you do coffee. Come on. You should treat your life the same way you do coffee. Okay. When you use a coffee maker, you use a filter for the coffee grounds. Man, that's good. That's good. You use a filter for the coffee grounds. And what you do is you have a cup where you want things to be collected and you add hot water in to where the elements of the gr- coffee grounds don't come into the cup where it needs to be collected right. because you have a filter. The problem is many of you don't have a filter and you talk about that team no filter. Team I say whatever I want to do. Yeah, you say what you want to do and it's kept you broke. You say you want to do and it's cost you jobs. You say what how you feel and it's cost you relationships. It's not a form of, it's not conforming. It's being wise enough to know. The Bible tells you that you should be as wise as a serpent, but as gentle as a dove. Yep. You have to know what situations call for what's required. You have to understand the importance of discretion. Do I always agree with people I work with? Absolutely not. But I'm smart enough to know because I'm new to the culture of what I'm in. It's not time for me to be outspoken on what I don't agree with. It's time for me to shut up. And then in due time, God will shuffle out who needs to be moved. And he'll give me the opportunity to sit at the table and say, well, hey, have you considered this? But some of you want to keep it so real because you have no filter, but it's keeping you broke. Instead of you being able to move up at the job, you're still in the first position that you're in. Instead of you being able to be the assistant manager, you're still shuffling somebody's fries. Yeah. Team, no filter that. Yeah, and even 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 in scripture, it talks about how greater is he that actually is able to control his tongue than he who is able to conquer the city. We have to understand that if you're one of the main gates that I'm going to talk about right now is we have to understand how to control the gate of our own mouth. We have to learn how to control that gate, not necessarily just by, again, what comes in, but what we allow out of it, because we have to understand this out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaking. So a man thinketh, so is he. And we 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 want to sit back and say we want to have a prophet's reward. We want to have a prophet's reward, but not understanding the prophet's reward is whatever you will speak, you will have. So you're sitting here. We're sitting back and we're wondering why we can't manifest and tell you all that. I might have to go into a whole vein on that one. Go we don't understand how this year, this season, I'm just going to segue into it this way. This moment, this year, this season has always been God saying that this is a year of manifestation. This is a year for us to manifest the things that have been desired, the things that God has promised us. And he's given us the tools. He's given us the instruction to manifest. But the problem is the reason why we can't manifest enough is because one gate is out of control. One of our gates is our tongues. If we can't control our tongue, that means that we can't overtake anything that's going on because we can't even overtake the things that's going on inside of us. And in addition to that, we have to first look before we start talking about how much the tongue is talking. Let's deal with the heart because the tongue can't go unless the heart is the one that's speaking. If you can't if you can't understand 
What is really going on through your emotions? What's going through your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion, your intellect, and your imagination. If you have these five things, which are also the five senses, we have to understand that what's going on is how you are allowing things to be filtered into your own heart that causes you to either speak life, speak death, speak blessings, or speak curses. And the entire time that we're sitting here doing this, we don't even realize that one of the most powerful resources that we have in the spirit and in the natural is not our physical strength, but our tongue. That's the gate we have to focus on. If we can't focus on our gate of our own mouth, we, and here's another part of it too. The other thing is we consume so many things. I'm going spiritual on y'all tonight. If we consume so many things, that means that we're consuming pornography. We're consuming alcoholism. We're consuming lustfulness. We're consuming uh, lasciviousness. We're consuming the desire of greed. We're, we're consuming so many things that our spiritual mouths are wide open like a glutton taking in everything and not understanding that sometimes you need to push that plate back. Yes, I'm on sir. fire, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> sir. Fire, bro. But you, you said something. You said you're on fire, right? Yeah. But you know what's, what's amazing? I'm going to paraphrase the book of James. It says that the mouth can brittle the body with hell's fire. Man. Because the problem is people use hellish words, but they expect heavenly experiences. Man. Folks, folks speak fire that's meant to consume and burn up Nero fire. They speak in Nero fire, but they're expecting the Holy Ghost and fire. You're speaking hellish, demonic, devilish things, but you're expecting heavenly manifestations. You're expecting the Holy Ghost to sit in a situation. You, you, you pray for God to heal me. God, I don't feel well. Can you heal me? And then you say, oh, man, I'm just so sick and tired, man. And what you have to understand is this. I ain't never read in scripture where the spiritual realm says they understood understood context or sarcasm. I've never read that. I've never read. That's why Jesus, having so much power in his mouth, kept his mouth shut on the way to Gethsemane. Yeah. Why he kept his mouth shut on the way to the cross. Yeah. Because he understood all he had to do was open up his mouth and he would have been healed. Yeah. All he had to do was open up his mouth and say, hey, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to come off this cross and that be that. He, he even tells... It. He even tells, well, do you think all the legions of angels exactly. that I have at my disposal, do you really think that these people are, are the same people that can take me captive? Do you know what I could really do yes. if I opened up my mouth? Man. You know, you, one of the things that you have to understand was so profound about this. He says, y'all can't even take my life. He said, I'll put it down and I'll pick it up when I get ready. He, right. he, he, he spoke that. No, 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 no. I choose to die. You, you, you ain't bad enough to kill me. Right. See, the problem with some of y'all is you speak and empower your enemy to make you think he's more powerful than he actually is. And, uh, some, some of you speak and allow the lion to seem like it roars when it's really a kitten. Some of you are afraid of Simba thinking it's Mufasa. Or, or they might they might think that I saw this on it's on Netflix I think, but one of the one of the key signs of knowing that an old lion is about to pass is a lot old lion's teeth are gone but his roar stays, and so in order to find out what really goes on, the intimidation of the roar is still there but there's no bite behind it, so the enemy comes up many times roaring like a lion in order to try to intimidate you. Or in time, trying to cause us to think that he's bigger than what he really is. But the reality is the enemy has no teeth. If that's not the case, then why would Jesus even turn around and say, oh, death, where's your sting? <laughs> but not even just that. Because see, that's why I like you. That's why I like you. Because you, you, you produce a hmm factor with how <laughs> I see things. Because one of the things I just thought about is he's a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Yeah. And lions would roar to paralyze their prey yeah. out of fear. But one of the things is if you have on the helmet of salvation, that also covers your ears. Yes. That also covers your ears. So if it covers your ears, that means that the deafening roar for somebody whose head is uncovered may paralyze them. But to you, it's just utter Noise. noise and nuisance. Yeah, you know one of the things that we have to understand was so profound about that when you when you mentioned about well, death wears your sting, roaring lion, uh, with the armor of God, my ears are covered to what it is that you have to say. My ears are covered, 
And, and one of the things that you have to remember is if you had the strategy to put on the armor of God, that means that you have the strategy to be able to use it. Yeah. That's why, if you look at it, he can roar at the gazelle. He can roar at the elephant. He can roar at the crocodile. The crocodile has a much stronger bite radius and grip than the lion does. Yeah. The elephant is much physically stronger than the lion. Yeah. But because they have ears that aren't covered, that's the reason why they can forget who they are in the event of being roared at. He's saying a lot right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, the problem is some of us are listening to the roar, but we're not listening to who we really are or speaking who we really are. Ear gates are Our ear gates are too open yeah. to the things of the enemy. Your ear gates are open to the things that come out on 97.9, the beat that God didn't say. Your ear gates are too open to the gossip and tea on TikTok, on Instagram, and on YouTube, and on Facebook. Your ears are too open to when the next party is because people are doing... Uh, these mask liberation parties. Man. Yeah, your, your Man. ears are too open, but your ears aren't open to what God is saying. Your ears are open to the divine strategies. One of the biggest things that we have to have our ears open to, and we fail to miss this, is that with tonight, according to the Jewish traditions and calendars, this is leading into the Sabbath day, sundown on Friday night, and then all the way till sundown on Saturday, it's considered the Sabbath day according to the Orthodox Jew. One of the things that we failed to remember was the Pharisees argued about the law and saying that, well, you know, you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath. You're supposed to rest. But see, people forget this. It had nothing to do with getting physical sleep. Mm -mm. One of the things we had to understand was the rest that was spoken of was that God would re-strategize and give you new vision for the upcoming week. That was the point of the rest. Yep. See, part of the reason is that we have our ear gates open for things to do on Saturday and things to do on our prospective days of worship, but we don't have our ear gates open to what God is saying, so therefore we hear the roar of the world instead. Man, you just, you just literally... Just segue. That's why I like it too, bro. You just throw it out there. And it's like it works perfect. And the thing is, I started thinking about it is we have to pay attention. Scripture says that faith cometh by hearing. That's right. And hearing from the word of God. But here's the one thing that I want people to understand. Your faith to believe whatever you want to believe. It only comes by hearing. Your faith comes by hearing. So it doesn't matter if it's the faith to believe God or the faith to believe whatever you want to believe because it comes by hearing first. So you could be hearing all these other things. You could be hearing about the doubt. You could be hearing about the negativity. You could be hearing about the worrying. You could be hearing about the parties and the turnips. You could be hearing about all these other things that are anti-God, anti-scripture. And then and the, the sad part is, is that as you begin to hear that, the more you believe that more. And guess what that also affects? It affects your vision. You can literally see something, but hear something else. And then you could understand, maybe I interpret what I'm looking at wrong. But then when you hear something and you don't understand what you are seeing, it will give you your vision. Is it not, is it not scripture in Habakkuk 2? He says that I'll stand upon my watch and see what the Lord is saying. How is it that he can see what the Lord is saying? He has to hear God first. Mm -hmm. And that interpret and that by him hearing, he's able to interpret whatever God is showing him at that moment. One of the things we have to pay attention to also is, is that in our hearing, our hearing affects our vision. So we started with our mouth of what's coming out and what's coming in. Now it's onto our hearing. If our hearing is polluted, then our vision is not, is not clear. If our hearing is polluted, then it means that the things that we should be interpreting correctly, we're looking at it wrong. We could be looking at a situation. I remember this, uh, it was this photo that's on Instagram or on uh, social media. Where it's a cam video camera of somebody recording a person being chased and being stabbed or trying oh, yeah, to be stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all about your what? Perception. perception. And you can't get it without proper perception perspective unless you understand or interpret what's actually being shown to you. So it's better for you to listen sometimes. Jesus, I feel you. It's better to listen sometimes than to pay attention to what you're seeing because what you're seeing can lie to you. Absolutely. The same concept as if the lion is roaring to you. Sometimes if you don't understand, if your ear is not guarded, your perception might be off and you will start seeing things that's not really there. That's mm. right. And we have to get to that point of getting getting the, the heaven of salvation, but also understanding we have to have that coffee filter on our ears as well. Filtering out what is really being said and what's really not being said. Mm -hmm. What is really being spoken and what's not. Because I understand that if I don't be careful of what I'm listening to, it affects my faith. 
But see, this is what this is what people miss too. And I'm gonna drop a little bit of knowledge that a lot of people don't even think about. What's up? When you look at your eyes, your eyes actually have an optic nerve that goes into the base of your brain. Yep. Your ears have a nerve that connects in the hippocampus area, as well as you know the um, abdulla area abdulla. of the brain. Yeah. yeah. So the temple is not only what you hear, ah, but it's also good. what you see. That's good. Because the eyes and the ears are, are the only parts of your senses that are directly connected to your brain. Yeah. And therefore, what your eyes see and what your ears hear determines what your thoughts are. As your man, as a man thinketh in his heart, so, so is he. See. But see, this is what's profound about that. In what, his heart, that's good. But not even just that, though. You know what's more, more profound about that? What's up? You ready for this? What's up? You ready for this? You really are? Yeah. When you read it in Hebrew, that's not even what the scripture says. What it says? It says, as a man in, inwardly calculates, mm. as a man inwardly calculates, mm. so is he established himself. Mm. That's originally what it says in Hebrew. So what that means is, as you inwardly calculate, that means one, two, three. Yeah. Okay, that's a cluster. One. Two, three, these two make a bigger cluster. Yeah. One, two, three. Same way with your body. Your body and your muscles are made up of individual cells that have formed clusters and systems. Yeah. Individual cells that form clusters and systems begin to form organs. Yeah. Organs begin to form organ systems. Organ systems then in turn begin to form organisms. Everything starts from something small that is calculated, tabulated, and added up. See, the reason why some of you are where you are in your life is because of what you've allowed your eyes and what you've allowed your ears to calculate that's become the essence of who you are. Man, listen. That's... <laughs> oh, God. That's, 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 that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, that's just amazing. Think about that. That's why the Bible tells you that you should count up the cost. See, it, calculate within yourself. You you should calculate: is this something that's worthwhile for me to build or do? You should calculate: is the victory from doing this worth the agony and what I'll go through to get it? Right. See, that's the problem with many of us: is that we do things on a whim. We do things because of how we feel. We do things because there's no discretion. There's no discipline. There's no coffee filter. Yeah. For our eye gates, there's no coffee filter for our ear gates. There's no coffee filter over the thoughts, the perceptions, and the mind of what an act. See, you know what the problem is? Hold your arm up. Put it down. Do it again. Put it down. Hold it out in front of you. Put it back up. You know what that was? What? Your mind was able to calculate to tell your body what to do. The problem is many of us have a body that's fully functional, but we have a mind that doesn't communicate and connect with it correctly. Because there's not even there's not a, there's not even a gate that's guarded between the messages that should be transmitted to the body for the actions to perform versus the actions that they do. That's the reason why people can go out and get drunk and have sex with somebody and say, I don't know how that happened. Why? Because there was no gu- there was no guard of the gate between what your mind was doing and what your body performed. Man, listen. Let's shift it for a second. Let's shift it. Let's shift it to another to another gate. Okay. So another gate. Because I know if we go down this road and we stay on this road, we're gonna just stay there. And there's other gates that we need to yeah. pay attention to. One of the another gate that we need to take pay attention to. This is going to be a physical and spiritual gate. This actual gate is your doorway, your physical doorway to mm-hmm. your house or to your home or to your own room. Your gates need to be guarded. That's right. Be careful of what you allow into it and what you allow out of it. Meaning, don't be stepping outside knowing for a fact that you look a hot mess or knowing that you haven't taken a bath in three days. You haven't brushed your teeth in the past four days and you haven't put on a deodorant, no wash washed underneath your inward parts that you know you need to be washing. Like, do everybody else a favor by looking at yourself before you go out your gate. <laughs> but the other thing is, when you were saying, when you said earlier, like going out and then having sex with somebody and then saying what's going on. 
pay attention to who you allow in your gate because you have to realize everybody might not be exactly who they say that they are. You might end up with a Trojan horse coming through you with a whole lot of enemies on the inside of them saying that I'm coming to present a gift to you. I'm presenting something well to you, but you've allowed something in your gate that's literally there to fester and to destroy you from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Same concept as if like we, you want to have an engagement with people at your house. You want to be entertained. That's perfectly fine. But be very careful of the people that you allow to to be entertained by you and the people that you allow to entertain you. Because if you're not very careful about that, those people then could be depositing things, depositing word curses, depositing negativity, depositing these things that can affect your actual atmosphere, that affects your mind, body, and soul. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful of that. I don't think we're gonna stay on this topic long. We're probably gonna but no, no, no. I, we, we need we need to, but we need to really pay attention to that. Like we can sit back and say, well, if I'll say this, if you got a person that you talk to mm -hmm. or that you know of. And that every time you talk to them, they always talk negatively. Why invite them in your house? Why invite them in a space that where it's something that you have to have your other gates on guard for to make sure that you don't allow it to enter? How is it that or even if you allow yourself to enter into their gates, meaning you're going into their home, but you know that they're always negative. So how can you enter into their house when they're always negative? Because now you're putting yourself in an atmosphere of negativity. It's like saying that you're a clean piece of uh, you're you're a clean clean piece of cloth, and you're putting yourself into an entire solution of soy sauce, and you're immersing yourself in there, thinking that you're not going to be affected by it. How? How? But then we talk about well, when I came out and I left, I was like, man, I started speaking like things that I normally don't speak. I started thinking things mm -hmm. that I normally don't think and don't realize that you put yourself in a situation that your gates were not able to handle. But you, you touched on something very profound. And I'm going to stay here for a second because since you talked about doorways, okay. ask, seek, and knock. See, we, we forget those are doors that you're seeking from God. Yeah. The problem is some of y'all have sought doors, asked for doors, seeked doors, and knocked on doors that weren't of God. And that's like you've opened up a portal and a doorway to many things within your house. That's the reason why even when you read within New Testament scriptures and theology, it tells you that when he sent the disciples out, he said, send your peace to the house. Yeah. And he said, and if the peace is not returned to you, then knock your knock the dust from your sandals as a sign of the judgment that is to come. See, some of you have to understand is that you have to send something to a doorway and see what in turn comes back. If I bring love to you and I get hostility, I'm not going to spread my love there. Yeah. And some of you have a false pseudo theology that you teach people that God tells you that you're supposed to hold on to people and that you're not supposed to give up on people. The devil is a lie because even Jesus knew that not everybody was going to be saved. Yeah. Jesus even knew that there would be those who would still reject him. Jesus even knew that uh, <clears throat> that there would be those who, who would never know God. If that was the case, then when he was when he died, the lake of fire would have evaporated because there would be nobody that would have to go there. There would be nobody who would be sent there. But what many of us have to understand was it was because of the choices of the doors that they knocked on that determined. Choose you this day who you shall serve. Choose you God. choose which door that you decide to walk through. Yeah. Choose the path. Do you choose the, the path that's wide that leads to destruction? Or do you choose the path that's narrow that leads to life? It, it depends on what doors you knock on. Look at your marriage with the mates that you've chosen. It has to do with the doors that you've knocked on. And the sad part is what many of us have to understand is this. When we talked about even with things that are sent to fester you from the inside. Yeah. Some of you have to look at the doors that you've knocked on with families you've married into, the doors you've knocked on with people who you've had sex with, because what you have to realize is everybody that has had sex with whoever you've had sex with becomes a part of you. Yeah. And what you have to remember is people just don't have sex with other people. There are people who have sex with fish. There are people who have sex with donkeys. There are people who have sex with inanimate objects. Even now, we've gotten to a point within theology that people are counseling people within the church about having sex with robots. Yeah. And whether it's demonic or not. Yeah. 
So you have to understand that certain doors that you open, that you knock and that you seek can be detrimental to not only you, but even future generations that are born from you. Let me give you a perfect example. Let me give you a perfect example so that you can understand this clearly. The door that David knocked on was adultery. When he decided that he looked at Bathsheba and saw her and wanted her. He knocked on the door of adultery. He sought her because she looked good naked. And he knocked and she came to his chambers. Now, because of him deciding that he was going to impregnate her and he wanted to cover this up by having Uriah get drunk and lay with her, but Uriah decided to stay at his king's feet and be loyal. Yeah, some of your your gates you got to guard are also from people who look like you too. It's not always the enemy. The enemy is not always white. They're not always Mexican. They're not always Asian. Sometimes the enemy is people who look like you because we have to remember was Uriah was a Hittite. David was a Hebrew. So by ethnically, they weren't even the same culture or the same people. Yeah. But a Hittite was more loyal to him than the, than the Israelite people. But that that's a whole different story. That's a whole different story there. Uh, but... <laughs> He he decided because he knocked on the door of adultery that he would kill the Hittite because of the fact he wanted the woman. But what he didn't realize was the door that he knocked on and opened would be the reason why he would have calamity in his household. Yeah. He would have his daughter raped. He would have his son Absalom be deceitful and treacherous and plot to kill him. He turn around and be killed. Exactly. It's, it's even the reason why when you read in New Testament theology, when they talk about the genealogy of Christ, it mentions Bathsheba, but they don't say David's wife. It says Uriah's wife. Yeah. You know, even, even generationally, God didn't even recognize that that was David's wife. He still gives credit to Bathsheba being Uriah's wife. Yeah. And that should show you that that went through generations of people where God still saw Bathsheba as Uriah's wife. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's just, it's just so many things that we have to pay attention to. And it's not saying that it's so overwhelming that we can't overcome it or accomplish it. It's just saying that there are certain things that we have to just be aware of. So in this moment, we have to be very, very vigilant. So when I point out to people saying, guard your gates, guarding your gate Initially, I would say how to how to safeguard yourself in it is for number one, learn how to communicate with Christ. Learn how to communicate with God. That's right. Because until you learn how to communicate with God, your faith has to be it has to grow. We have to look at it like this. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed that you can speak to a mountain, the mountain has to go into the sea. We understand that by scripture. But what I want people to realize is our faith doesn't stay as the size of a mustard seed. Our faith should grow like a mustard seed, because the mustard seed tree, once it actually produces, it produces enough shade and branches for other things to be able to live and to have shelter in. So that means that our faith should grow to a point to where other people can have shelter underneath our faith mm-hmm. and that they can see our faith from a distance and see how rooted we are to understand that we won't be moved so quickly. We won't be moved by the waves, by by wind and rains. We won't be moved by those things, but we'll be stable because sometimes you need to find some shade. Sometimes you need to find rest and you need to find rest in something and under something. But if you don't have the faith, you're going to be tossed and turned. You're going to be moving from side to side. You're going to be like just unstable in every way. So one of the things is, number one, I hope y'all are really catching this, is prayer. So when I say prayer, how do you pray? If you need an instruction, let's give it to you. Pray in this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into our lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's a blueprint and instruction. I'll give it to you like this. Let me give it to you just like on, on some real 100 stuff. When I was younger, I didn't know what to pray. When I was younger, I really didn't. But I knew the Lord's Prayer. So what mm-hmm. I did was I would pray the Lord's Prayer and then I would start talking to God and I wouldn't say amen at the end of the Lord's Prayer. I would just say, now, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going, going on with. This is what's going on in my mind. This is what's going on in my heart. And just talk to, that, talk to God in that same manner. I use the Lord's Prayer as an introduction. 
And then once I got older, I started understanding that I don't need to say the Lord's Prayer first. I can just begin to talk to God. And as I began to talk to God, I realized that the structure of prayer is saying, let me acknowledge you for who you are to me and acknowledge you for who you are in general. Because until it became a personal relationship, all I could do was talk about God and the things that I believed him to be. But it wasn't until I actually got to the point of saying, I know you to be this to me. I know you to be my salvation. I know you to be truth. I know you to be faithful. I know you to be these things. I couldn't really talk to God in that manner. But now I can talk to him in that manner and I speak in that way and say, listen, whenever I'm dealing with somebody, I acknowledge God. I tell him who about who he is. I'm thankful for everything that he's done for me. And I have to be humble enough to realize that I'm not the one that did it, but God did it. That's right. But then after after that step, then I realized something, too. That's another thing we got to realize, too. We have to guard our gates against certain types of spirits and certain types of things. One of the main ones, I would say, is pride, because in order for us to really understand who we are, and how God has made us, we can't be so prideful in thinking that we know everything and have all the answers, but to humble ourselves and allow God to minister and show show himself who we are in general. How are we going to tell the creator who we are when we don't even know that ourselves? That's very We're sitting true. here lost trying to figure out what our purpose is, what direction should I go, all these other things. But the entire time we saying, well, let me spend 12 years in school just because of something that I like to do. Let me let me um, go after these whims. Let me go after these uh, every desires that I have or these thoughts that I say, well, this make a lot of money. So let me go this way. But now I realize that now you have wasted time in front of you because you never sought the one that created you and gave you purpose. That's, that's right. very true. It's another that's a whole nother thing. And so when we finish through going through prayer, then we can start telling God and asking him, say, listen, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going on with. And then at the end of it, saying, I thank you for allowing me the time. Allow me the grace to just be able to speak to you and to bring this up to you because I know that you know all things, but I'm just thankful that you allow me the time and the grace to actually give me the utterance to say this to you and then thank him in the name of Jesus because you can't get to the father without Jesus. That's what right. Is what it is. That's scripture. Hold on. I, I want That's you. To, I want you to say that again. You can't get to the father without Jesus. You just can't. I'm going to say that one last time. You cannot get to the Father except through Jesus. Okay. As long as, long as y'all understand <laughs> that, because I've heard some very subjective theology that's tried to say, well, you know, God has a way of reaching people and people can get to God not only through Christianity, but... God will give you a listen. I'm I'm gonna I'm go on that tangent thing since you threw that out there. I'm just saying I've God heard will, that God will allow signs because here's the thing. Jesus said it like this. He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father except by me." So here's the thing. You might have a sign that can show you the way, but you still miss Jesus. Oh we. You can have a truth, a truth, not the truth. You can have a truth that can lead you to Jesus, but you still miss God. Oh, we. You can have life <laughs> and you can be living. He said, I'm living my best life. You still miss Jesus, which means you still miss God. So you can be having the most successful life of ever anybody else that maybe ever existed and still miss God. And then when you come up to the father and he says, who are you? Depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you. So Thanks. he will sit there and say, what is it profit a man to gain the whole world yet lose his soul? How do you lose your soul? By not knowing who Christ is that led you to the Father. I had to do that first. So come on, uh, establishing, establishing prayer first. Then I would, I, would, I would be admonished to tell everybody that the second thing in order to understand how to guard your gate it's through prayer, through worship, because you can't worship God without being in the spirit. Them that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Right. So without truth, you can't worship God, who is the truth. Jesus is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So again, you can't even worship God if you don't know Jesus. So if you're worshiping something and Jesus is not in it, you're not worshiping God. I'll just put that out there. Yes, sir. That is a statement. Fight me if you want to. I don't care. If you're saying that you're worshiping God or you're saying that you're worshiping the father, how can you worship the father if you can't even get to him? 
That's my question. How can you worship something that you don't even know how to get to? You don't even know how to get to them. GPS won't help you either. It ain't. And so worship is another one. So you're praying, worship. And then the one, one important thing in order to really hear God, in order to understand how to guard your gate, is through fasting. Fasting is literally a physical determination, a mindset, and an and a actual practice to where you turn away something that you can consume, meaning to eat. You can't be fasting from TV. That's not even that's not even scripturally sound. Fasting means to not eat or to not to sacrifice eating for something. It's not mm-hmm. saying it's not saying that you're uh, I'm fasting from TV. I'm fasting from Facebook. I'm fasting from social media. I'm fasting from, you know, uh, all this other stuff. You can't. That's a sacrifice. That's your sacrifice. And that's just considered your reasonable service. When you're fasting, that means you're turning away a plate. You're turning away something that you normally consume. That's a fast. And so once you get to those three steps, it's through through first prayer, through worship, and three, and then from there fasting, that opens up the door to give you the strength to understand what your praise is like. It gives you the strength to understand how to really meditate and how to really sit and listen. Because without those first three foundational things, you need prayer in order to understand prayer. You need worship to understand meditation. Without worship, you can't understand praise because then you don't know what to be thankful for. Then if you don't understand all these concepts, you have if you don't understand fasting, then you can't really understand how to really listen, how to really pay attention to what you're looking at, to pay attention to what you're consuming or what you're allowing in your spirit. How can you really pay attention to it until your your flesh die? The scripture scripture says this, that your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Oh, yeah. So and how do you strengthen up? If we want to say we want to live our best life and have our beach body, we want to have these summer body goals or whatever. You go to the gym to work out your body. How do you work out your soul? You work out your soul salvation through fear and trembling. How do you do that? Through prayer, worship and fasting. That's how you strengthen your spirit, man. And yes, sir. by strengthening your spirit, man, you strengthen your gates. Guard your gates, folks. But you know what? We forgot to talk about one of the most important topics. What's up? Money. Bruh. The book of Ecclesiastes tells you that money is a defense. Yeah. See, the problem is we demonize money because you used to talking to broke people. You used to talk to folks who who ain't got no change or no commas in their accounts. They they, they tight butt man with no 401k plan. You know, that's who you're talking to. But one of the things you have to understand is money is a defense, is what the book of Ecclesiastes tells you. That's one of the biggest gates that people are the most liberal with. God had to even check me on that because he's like, you know, you've spent your money well because I always honor God. I always make sure with my paychecks, I honor God. I give the seed that I'm supposed to give. Mm -hmm. But when I've thought about other things, I'm like, hmm, did I really need to order DoorDash two days, two times in one day? Did I did I really need to to buy this instead of that? Did I really need to you know, and one of the things you think about is money is a defense. You you get a flat tire, you need money to buy a new tire. Yeah. But if you are frivolous and promiscuous with your money, oh. you have no defense. Yeah. You have no defense in the time of attack. You you have no money if if you have to make a if you have to travel and go out of town. At the spur of a moment, but you've spent your money on buying clothes unnecessarily and buying, you know, a round at the bar yeah, and paying to get in yeah. and, and paying for VIP at first Fridays and, and happy hours at Papa Do's. Money yeah. is also a gate that many of us have, have really abused because we've abnormally used it. See, we often think abuse... Is people yelling at you and shaking a fist at you and 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 fighting you and talking about oh he loves the fact I'm toxic you know y'all y'all think that that's abuse abuse is also anything that you abnormally use yeah yeah if I abnormally use something that's a form of abuse if I run a, a motor into the ground because I always rev it and rev it and rev it and rev it and don't put oil in there and don't properly take care of it, that's abnormal use. Yeah. My thing is, why am I asking God to give me a larger gate 
for my money, but I, I'm really throwing it to the chickweeds and the thorns and thistles every chance I get. We treat money dysfunctional, but we want it to function for us. Yeah. I mean, the Bible in Ecclesiastes 2, it also says that money answereth all things. And so when we, when we demonize money, it's because for the love of money is the root of all evil. But money is... Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. For the love of money is the root of all evil. The hatred of money. The love of money. The, the, the demonization of money. No. The love of it. The teaching that po of poverty in the church, that money is bad? The love of money. Oh, love. Like, you mean like how people say money over everything and money becomes more important than God? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not wrong to have money. No. Oh, okay. Because see, that, that's one of the biggest false teachings we have in the church. Yeah. Is that, oh, well, you know, you have to live a humble life. The woman with the oil, for example, she was broke. She was. But what do you say? Borrow all the pots you can. And when she got, when the oil flowed, she was able to buy out all of her debt and she still had something left she over had, to sell. No, check this. Not only did she have enough left to sell, he said, with all the, with all the pots that you've done, sell them all. Pay off your debt and live off the rest. Meaning, it didn't say that she would be broke again. It said that she started a business in the midst of her 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 financial setback, but it literally wait, 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 set wait, wait, her wait, wait, up. Wait, 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 go, go with it. So she started a business in the middle of a famine, in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, okay. See, you knew where I was going with yeah. that. It started a business, kind of like how a lot of these big businesses have closed down to give people the opportunity to really come into the market, but a lot of people are scared because it's the pandemic. But catch this one. I would go with this one. But again, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Catch this one. So instead of utilizing the system the way it should be and allowing God to minister and allow their oil to be poured out into whatever vessels that God has allowed mm -hmm. them to. Now, let me just turn around and take the money from the PPP loans and let me stack this money and then I can start, start stunning in front of everybody else. And then not realizing that I have to pay back what's owed by what was given to me. So instead of me being truthful about the situation and allowing God to bless me and bless my oil so that I can have my vessels and then I can begin to share it, start my business, and then I can begin to sell and live off the rest for the rest of my life. But instead of that, now I put myself in bondage because of my love for wanting to be appeasing to everybody else. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. I just thought of something even heavier though. What's up? But besides the love of money being the root of all evil, is it also possible it's a lack of money is the root of all evil too? Man, yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people who are impoverished are the reason why they sell drugs. Yeah. People who are impoverished are the reason why they get into prostitution. Yeah. People who are impoverished are the reason why they turn to hitting licks and trying to rob and steal from people. Yeah. It's because of the lack of money. Also, yeah. and, and one of the things that you have to think of, too, because of the lack of money, that's the reason why a lot of people will be willing to let their gates down in order to do what it takes to get it. Man. And not even realizing that the parts of the gate in order for you to. It's like saying your doors or your locks are the money. Mm -hmm. But instead, you'll have a swinging door because you don't have no money. But isn't that like what they wrote about with the songs of Solomon? Where they talked about the girl that was the door? Yeah. <laughs> How she opened in each direction instead of staying closed for only one man. Regardless yeah. of her having breasts that didn't have sustenance. She yeah. flat chested. She couldn't feed nothing that she was supposed to grow. But she was also a door. Yeah. Open. To I whoever mean, turns the right knob. I mean, most, I mean, it's just, days, just something I'm thinking I, about. Days, you know, just, we would call them like, see, like, see a doorknob, anybody get a turn. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it's something to think about, though. Yeah. But there, there had to be something that was lacking. Oftentimes, yeah. even when you look at what young ladies now, and even some men, a lot of men that are promiscuous and stuff like that, it's because they're a door that's open. There was something 
within their gates than allow just anything and anybody in. Yeah. Yeah. A lack. It's a lack. I mean, put it like this. I'm going to give you a scientific analogy. Uh Uh-huh. Generally speaking, hot air and cold air flows in a direction where it's not. (laughs) Oh, diffusion. It's diffusion. So let's say, like right now, we're hot, on fire. We're Mm -hmm. on fire. And somewhere else that has an opening has a lot of cold air. So is it more so that the fire is going to the cold or is it the cold coming to the hot? Mm. The reality is it's the hot going to the cold because there's technically, scientifically speaking, there's no such thing as cold. It's a lack of heat. So that's the reason why with us preaching and doing this, it's hot here where we're sitting at the table, but it's probably cold in my kitchen with this AC that just kicked on. Exactly. Because, because we have to understand when there's a lack of fire or a lack of light, a lack of heat, a lack of God somewhere. That's the problem. You begin to draw out everything that you can to try to keep yourself warm. But the reality is you can't be warm without God. But it's kind of like blindness then is due to the fact that light can't penetrate the eyes. What makes one blind? Yeah. Because it's a lack of light not being present. And it's not the fact that light isn't present. It's the fact that you can't receive it. Exactly. Yeah. Because sometimes it is bad when the gates are shut for, for God. Yeah. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Harden not your heart. Yeah. Let me in. Let make your heart of flesh and not of stone. Mmm. So that my my word can pierce and penetrate. So sometimes the correct decision also regarding your gates is knowing what to let in. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think yeah. I think that's good. I think that's a good I stopping think that's good. point. I think yeah. that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we said enough. I think I think it's time to close the gates. Yeah, let's let's close the gates of this episode. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we'll be back next week with uh, episode 11. Uh, Nick and I are super excited about what God is doing, and we do thank you all for your continued support. Also, Pentecost Sunday is this Sunday. I do pray that the power of the Holy Ghost would sit on all of you, that you would see breakthroughs, that chains would fall off, strongholds would, would be destroyed, strong men bound up. And that the gates that need to be closed would be closed. And the gates that need to be open to God would be open to God in your life. Father, I thank you for this opportunity for us to talk about open gates and open doors and open opportunities. And I thank you for the doors that you've opened because no man can close them. But most importantly, I thank you for the doors that you've closed because no man can open them. It's good that you do close some gates and say no. I thank you, Lord God, for this episode, that it brought glory to you. And I thank you for the hearers and the doers of your word, that they will be blessed by the dialogue that we had amongst you being in our presence. These things we do pray, we ask, and we speak. It is in your son, Jesus the Christ's name. Amen. Amen.